So we're going to have a couple of conversations today, ideally around, first off, mainly, and this is stemmed from the fact that today we've had one of the first, like a bad day, isn't it? It's been a, not a long day. It's been a long day mentally. Yeah. Yeah, so that has sort of stemmed off an idea of, you know, when you're in a small office environment, which a lot of people will be, even in big office environments, or wherever, in work generally, um, you know, the idea that how do, you, how do you cope with the people you work with, when you're close to them, when you're not close to them, what are the implications of that, actually, are we going mad about it? Um, so we'll talk a bit about that. I think that'll lend, lend itself nicely to them maybe having a chat around how some of the implications of that lead into things we talk about with happiness and, and how you can try to achieve that yourself and whether we kid ourselves into thinking that we are or that we aren't or whatever and, and sort of exploring that in a bit more detail. Um, and then probably end just on how we've been tackling some of this uh, in a more behind the scenes type feature of going we're trying to create content we're trying to push content we've recently now got a podcast which is about four people listening to it which is amazing Gone viral uh, viral yeah um, but uh, it's, it's almost you know you, you kind of don't care about that you just want to get you want to give people the options don't you some people prefer to read an article some people prefer to watch a video some people prefer to listen to my lovely Welsh accent and your what accent have you got? Uh, some would say northern. Northern, just, just northern. It's just northern. Yeah, your very non-Welsh accent. Good. So um, that's where we aim to go. So let's talk about today. Today, <laughs> uh, and for whatever reason. Uh, let's give some context there. So we work in a relatively small office. Yeah. We all get on really well. Yeah, we've known for a while. I'd say yeah. that the background to our relationships outside of work is, I'd say, quite strong ones. Yeah. I can see, like, we've always had this very, very close friends. Yeah, your daughter's going to be my flower girl yeah. at my wedding. Yeah. Um, we game all the time together. <laughs> we are big gamers, big yes. Gamers. And then there's the relationship with you that I understand I have with Sam, is that I've known Sam for... 15, 16 years, I'd say. Yeah. Um, he's my best mate's dad, best mate from school, kind of grew up with his he's dad. That's how I kind of known Sam. Yeah. And, the and he was one of the first people I met in recruitment and trained me yeah. and made me the okay recruiter that I am today. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, I think the point is we all know each other, we all get on well, uh, which, which can be positive and negative. So, when we tend to work uh, long hours, mm. average 10 to 12 hours a day, um, which we can talk about work-life balance, etc. later, but generally we see each other, and this is a common thing, isn't it? People say this all the time, I see you more than I see my fiance. I see you more than I see my daughter. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's like, is that, is that, on a very deep level, is that wrong? in terms of society has got it wrong, i.e. Mm -hmm. the way that we build society is fundamentally, potentially wrong yeah. by the, that very statement of you see me 
like nobody should see me more than anybody else. <laughs> like you don't want to see me. Um, then your daughter. Well, I said this. I think um, once she was born, I actually remember the conversation. You, I think the second, first or second week back after us from uh, paternity, definitely not maternity. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had the conversation with you at the time was that I had this weird feeling of something's not right. That I have. Not have to come to work, but you come to work and you spend 10 12 hour days there. I'm gonna go home and see her for a couple hours, get up, and that's Monday to Friday. And I see her over five days, probably what, 10 hours? That's why I see you in a day. Now, yeah, I like you, you're a really good friend, everything, but I'd probably rather be my daughter. And it was that weird paradox of why, why do I spend all this time at work but never a time with my family? And it was it never crossed my mind before because you go through life and we've kind of touched it before you come to go, 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 go. Mm. Um, and then you suddenly get to the point where when I, had, when I had a daughter, I was just like, why? And it almost felt wrong, like I was doing something wrong, but then you look around, that's how everyone is. Yeah, that's how life goes. I say it's just really weird for me to come to the realization that when she was born, it just was that, that feeling of going, I don't, it was torn between the whole like spending time at work. You knew you had to do it, and I said that everyone else was doing it, etc. But you then get to the point where you're just like, well, is that right? But then everyone yeah. else is doing it. But this is kind of what I'm saying about whether society as a whole has got it wrong mm-hmm. is because you said interestingly there, um, well, well, you don't have to, but, but you do have to. So we, I think we, we, we did a video on happiness. Um, no, I think it was the work-life balance one. And we were saying, um, how, how much, well, you, you have to go to work in order to earn money, mm. probably. Like 95% of the population in the yeah. UK, for example, have to go to work to earn money. You have to earn money in order to pay for a roof over your head mm. and in order to pay for the fundamental things that you need to stay alive, basically. Yeah. So you can't not go to work and most jobs will require you to work at least a minimum of X amount of hours. So no matter how you set yourself, if you're like, I want to be a really aspirational person in a career, then I'm obviously going to spend more time on the career than I can with a family and you can try and find a balance yourself there. But even if you're the kind of person, and there's nothing wrong with this, of going, I want to do as minimal amount of work as possible, that's still a pretty hefty amount in order to pay yeah. for what you need to to survive, and especially, I think this is what we mentioned in the other video, support your family. Yeah, I think I touched on it then uh, in that video, is that it's that, I think I said, use the phrase, that spinning of plates. Yeah. Is that you sit there most days and ideally you spend every single day at home with your family, you've got money galore in the bank and life's great. The realistic situation comes to what you kind of touched on there, that everyone has to work to provide a family. Now for me, I'm not a materialistic person, I'm not after a lavish lifestyle. I just want a better lifestyle for my family. Now that's obviously all relative to certain people, but for me that means House, not not big house, just a house in a nice area, in which the schools are all right for the, for my daughter, and that that's pretty much it. And just and enough money for us to have nice things. And I say, I mean, yeah, not lavish. Yes, yeah, just it's nice. the ability to say go to a zoo as a family, or 
a, a day out and not have to go, oh, can we afford the ice cream for, for yeah, the yeah. And Those small things which are just comfortable. And that's the way I see it, and just ministry where everything's comfortable, everyone's happy, etc. etc. But you also say in an ideal world, you'd be at home and spend all the time with your family. So that kind of leads me to the point that I said in that other video was money does buy you happiness. Yeah. Because not in a conventional sense, I think when people think money buys me happiness because it buys me a really nice car. That's kind of not what we're trying to say. What we're trying to say is money buys you the freedom to be able to spend your time more wisely. So yeah. as, as you were saying, I think why it was so strange to you when you had your daughter was because your priorities were literally changing on the spot. So you live your life going money, 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 money. Your daughter's born and suddenly your priorities just going, whoa, actually, this is now my number one priority. Yeah. So, and then we talk about that, like, so how can I get more of that? Well, you can actually pay for your time back or whatever it is you do. And that's just priorities changing in life. And I think for a lot of people, it becomes more about time yeah. and then what they do with that time. There's a study, psychology study about earning more money um, and happiness that's linked to it. So they say that once you get to a certain point of earnings, once you're comfortable now with your relativity situation, whether you, it's not about millionaire like, like comfortable, but the average Joe yeah. of rent's paid, or mortgage is paid, bills are paid, food money's paid. Once there's a certain threshold, once you get to that, any more money never makes you any happier. It's a basic sense of once you earn a certain amount that you are comfortable at, money then it, it, it then doesn't buy happiness because you're already comfortable. It, you've already got the time. So let's, let's say someone. How do, you, how do you have the time Because you still haven't to work. That depends on when you left job. If well, that's why I came back into that video as well. Is that I then said to you, we talked about the job situation now, and then use an example in the past, and I'll, I say it's every single time it's that two scenarios in my life I was in the army, loved the job didn't get paid great. Had a job that paid really well, didn't like the job. I'd always choose the job that I enjoyed more with less money. But that was when I was 18, 19, 20. Yeah. Now I'm in a yeah, life. Exactly. Now, yeah. now in a position where ideally that would happen, but the reality of life is I, I couldn't do that now because I couldn't afford, I couldn't afford to live. I'd yeah. have to, I have to now be in a job which pays enough. Now, ideally, like I said before, you fall in a job which you enjoy, and thankfully I enjoy this. Um, but the main which part... Which goes into the whole thing of, like, m most people would rather not work. Yeah. Like, you can enjoy work, and you can, like, really enjoy watching TV or playing sport, whatever it is. Like, you have to be really lucky, or maybe not lucky, but, like, really clever with how you approach life in order yeah. to fall into something. I've always said to you, so we mentioned earlier, big into gaming. So my, my dream job would be like a games producer or something, yeah. like a director of game and be like the person who decides what's going to happen in that game. Mm. Or a games reviewer, for example. Yeah, that's but I genuinely think if I was, I wouldn't like it because it's not, it's not necessarily the job, it's the fact, I've said this to you before, it's the fact when you get up in the morning, you've got to get up and go to the job like you have the, you, you're, you're shackled by it almost and I think that that's what I don't like which is why I always relate to this money buys happiness type thing because I'm like if you can earn enough money to get out of whatever it is mm -hmm. and set yourself up which is like nigh on impossible yeah. unless you're you know 
ridiculously good with your money and in a really good money and in a lucky situation type thing, then but that gets you out. And then once you're out, then you can do whatever it is that you want to actually fulfilly do and do it in a way that isn't shackled. Like you can get up in the morning and go, maybe I'll review a game today, maybe I'll go and work somewhere, maybe that's what gives me my happiness, but it's my choice. Yeah, that, it comes down to choice. choice. It's the ability to go, what do I feel like doing today? Because yeah. everyone has it. Even if it's a job you do enjoy sometimes, you'll have it now, even I will have it. And you can admit it is that there'll be days when you wake up and go, I just don't want to don't, don't work today. Yeah. But you do, and that's because obviously you're an adult enough to go, yeah, we'll do that. Um, but the liberating feeling is having enough money to go, I don't have to. The dream. Yeah, the dream. Um, which kind of, you know, <laughs> we said we were going to talk about one thing, didn't we, and just went off on a oh, tangent. Exactly. This is yeah. an insight to our videos, is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We just talk. This is how we <laughs> end up making videos. Um, but it does look back to having to come back in. Because this thing, if you talk about the fact we have to come to work and choose to come to work, we choose to come to work and come to work with each other. We talk about having to spend the whole day with each other. Now, obviously, the knock-on effect to that is, as we said before, that we all get along. We all have histories outside of work as uh, the relations we have. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, on that level, is it's great. 95% of the time, it's great. We don't argue. There's nothing going on. But the realism is we're humans, and we will eventually argue. And there are the days, like today, as you mentioned, it was difficult. Everyone came in this morning and it was in that, I'd say, narky mood when you're just like, yeah, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. patient, so you just yeah. you're a bit short. You want to start an argument, yeah. don't you? Yeah, I mean, for me, I just, obviously, the daughter situation, I'm still recovering from a really bad night earlier this week where she just didn't sleep. Yeah. There's no sleep at all, and I've been trying to catch up each night on it. And then today, I think, was the, was the aftermath of it. I came in re- ready for the argument. Um, so I guess the crap, like, because I had a stag do this weekend. Yeah. Um, you had that. Sam Sam was was pretty fine and okay. Yeah, I mean he's, he's obviously been back Birmingham Tuesday, there and back for the day. Yeah, a lot of travel. He, he leave yesterday. I've done a lot of meetings. Yeah. Um, but then, so the question becomes, how do you control that scenario? Because like in a in a small scale environment, you can kind of handle it. And if you all know each other, yeah. As soon as you start scaling that to a lot of people that can very, very quickly become something horrifically toxic. It's yeah, just it's like, bad day. In, a, in a sales environment, if you've got one person in a team who is toxic in that team, <laughs> then you're doomed. Like yeah. if that person comes in in a negative environment, if that person is an influencer in that team of how those sales are going, and they come in negative, you've, you've not leaved <laughs> that team. Yeah, you No, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think for me all it takes is it, it just takes one bad day senior manager, whoever it may be, and like I said, I've had this myself previously, is that if someone could just have a bad day, come in, instead of waking up on the bed, take me for example, coming in this morning, having not slept much this week and blah blah, it was very easy for me and you to start a little bicker, it's nothing serious, we don't mean to take it to heart or anything, but there was still a bicker from it. Now yeah. if you take that onto what you're talking about, like scaled, so say it's a 50 people, com- 50 people in the company, and you've got CEO director walks in, face on him, and it's just like, oh god! And the, everyone, everyone in the office can feel that. Mm. You talk about toxic; it's like boom, straight away. And it goes down to micro teams of five to ten, maybe just a team inside a bigger company. I've seen it as well. One one person on the team, and you're all really pally, etc. And there's one person on the team who's not great. Oh. Even if there's a flatline, you yeah, you can still nice. have that feeling going, oh, 
So I guess, I guess the, the important thing from it then is, like you said, like everybody has a bad day. So I, I think identifying it as that person's just having a bad day is, is a legitimate thing because yeah. that, that does happen. And some, sometimes you just don't get enough sleep or mm. whatever. And do you kind of accept that as an organization of going, that's going to happen every now and then? Um, but then you have to obviously be very careful with that because that could lead to, well, it's just a bad day, it's just a bad day, but what, what if it's mm. not? What if it's something, a, a deeper underlying reason, whether that be something really serious, like a, like a mental health thing or something, or whether it be something, nothing to do with that, Yeah. you know? Um, and that that person just doesn't want to be there, for example. Yeah, that and that they're going to create a toxic environment that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, along those lines is that you talk about this, so people, the reasons why they're like that are fine. I think it comes down to the individual essentially, is what's that individual like? Because personally, I, I, I talk about this more coming in now. I think that's mainly because I'm able to do that with you and Sam because of the relationship we have. Would I do that in a company where it feels more like, like a colleague environment? Yeah, day. exactly, you probably wouldn't. If it's more of a colleague environment so as opposed to your mates, then you probably, you probably hide it a bit better. Um, but some people don't. Some people don't. Some people come in and go, well, I'm on a, I'm on a war path sometimes. That's how they feel, and, they, and that's their way of dealing with it. And I think, yeah. I think, I think the main thing is talking about <laughs> this is there's two kind of two factors for it. Everyone will always have a bad day. That's that's the human variable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot affect that. Mm-hmm. Um, people have lives outside of a job, which will then affect you. Yeah, fact. Um, you just hope sometimes you hire the people who are emotionally intelligent enough to sit there and go. I don't always need to bring it into work. Now that's not a don't talk about your problems. I'm, I'm the biggest advocate for that ever. It's all about, I think, really important you share and share the load essentially. Um, but at the same time, I just think you, you're emotionally intelligent enough to go, I shouldn't come in and bring everyone down if, if it's not worthwhile. Because I think. And it's, and it's not as black and white as this, and I could talk for half an hour about the ins and outs of this conversation, because mm. it's, it, it's easy to generalise, but there are so many variables, but all in all, I think it's a case of just sitting there going, right, I, is this something that, that's worth affecting the team over? Now, I do want to clarify, that's not me sitting there saying, if, if really serious issues at home are going on, or mental health issues, yeah. don't bring it up. Like, there's obviously background to that, and I'm, I'm all for that. I really am all for that. But the small things when you don't sleep so well as a one-off and you do come in tired, you're like, oh, being a big person coming and going, you know what, no, right, I'm tired, I just get through the day. Boom, get it done. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, I think there has to be, um, I think there has to be conscious thought to do these kind of things. So I was chatting to um, an old schoolmate of mine on the weekend who's in like politics or a completely different industry. Uh, and we were talking about the time I had off and then he was and I was saying about happiness and taking time to reflect um, and realising what's important to you etc and and he said yeah but you've now gone back into the job that you were effectively doing with a, with a different company and it's long hours again and it's stressful and it's all those things so he was like so how do you keep track on the thing that you found and reflected on when you stepped away from it, mm-hmm. how do you make sure that you don't fall back, which happens in, in anything, yeah. right? Um, and, and my answer to him was, I don't think there's any syllable bullet 
to, to anything, basically. Yeah. Like, if you look at actual skills that you have to practice, like fishing, for example, like you can't just go, I can now cast a rod perfectly, yeah. or, or anything, darts, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. It's like trained, conscious effort and yeah. practice. It's the thousand hour rule. Yeah. That's what I always come back to then. I don't know the internet space. The only reason I know about that is because it's mentioned in music and I play guitar. That's the only reason I know why. It's because there's something about playing a thousand hours of something. So it's become an expert. Yeah. It's like the thousand hour rule about being an expert. Yeah. I know the core principle of it is, is that it does not happen overnight. Yeah. There are obviously yeah. Non anomalies who every now and then will do something they just instantly grasp it. Might have unique talents. Yeah. The unique talents and stuff. But for, uh, for the average person, everything requires work. Mm -hmm. and coming back to the point there is, I completely agree. Going back to what you're saying there about everything requires effort. Someone like me, you talk about trying to be happy. Some of the mental health issues previously, like me, I have had is something that not every day I wake up and I'm happy. But I, I know myself, it requires effort to do so. Right. And that's on that's on the scale for me. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's like anything you talk about going in work, you have long days, and sometimes you can sit and just have it wear down, wear down, wear down. Um, it does require the situations to do not know. I'm going to make the effort to not let certain things get to me in certain ways. Um, and that, that, for me, the actual, the absolutely crucial part of that is it has to be a conscious thought. So yeah. it's, it's really obvious when it's, how do I get good at darts, keep throwing a dart at mm. the dartboard type thing. Um, whereas you say, how do I get good at happiness? Keep telling yourself to be happy. Keep practicing in your own head how to be happy. But before you do that, you've got to work out what happiness is for you, which yeah. is a lot of the videos we've been talking about. That's people think or might think that they understand what their happiness is and what makes them unhappy and, and all those kind of things. But have they taken the time to stop and reflect and properly look at it? I would like to think that majority of people understand it and know what is their own happiness. If you if you don't, or if you're unsure, or even if you think you know, take a moment. Again, conscious thought to go through it and go, is this because that used to be talking about how priorities change. Yeah. That used to be happy when I was twenty, but now I'm thirty. Now I want something different, whatever that might look like. And then from that point on, then it's got to be conscious effort. The thing about that, and I don't, I don't think we've ever talked about this before, but when you go through. Um, therapists and speak to them one of the one of the mainly recommended things for say people with depression or anxiety etc is so called cognitive behavioral therapy cbt which is essentially in its core establishing the negative thoughts before they get there so at most people who have say depression or anxiety have a trigger that then leads down a certain path and it's right. yeah and the idea is that you spot where you're at on that path so you do a lot of work on it, you have like, like documents about certain things, about what. Um, and basically it trains you to recognise when you're on a path that's a negative route. And then going, right, no, I know where I'm at, I know what's happening here, I'm not going to let it. Which, in a greater sense, is kind of what you said there, is that you're going, I've got to make the conscious effort to be happy all the time. It's, 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 it's the step. So you could, you could start from trying to find out what your own happiness is mm -hmm. and then consciously allowing yourself to think and behave that way to become more happy. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's the step before it. It's the step of not uh, stopping yourself from being unhappy, yeah. which not everyone is involved with. 
because not everybody has those challenges in life. Mm. So the people that do, and you might see a therapist, whatever, are going, right, I need to spot that first and stop that happening first. Yeah. Then I need to find out what actually does the opposite of that, what makes me happy, well, and then I need to work on that. But when, when you go into therapy, a lot of the time they'll go to the CBT with you, but they also, a lot of time, they just ask the plain question, just tell them what makes you happy, what do you enjoy doing, what do you like in life? And you end up that way for me, you'll be like, oh, I like to spend time with my daughter, I like to spend time with my fiance, it's like watching the football, playing some games. You start listing all these things, and it's like, okay, well, what, they list all these different things you look for in people, why, why do you like doing these things? And all that, essentially all it does is simplify the core of everything you are. Yeah. I know this is, this is really, really deep now, but it does. Simplify it's actually it. really, really simple as well. Yeah, it is. Because it, it, everyone overcomplicates things in life. It's always, everyone always tells themselves their own story. That's like Darren Brown bangs on about this. That whole life is always a story. It's always a story. You, you read into things and you tell your story and you fit your narrative. Uh, if you just simplify everything, there's, there's, you have probably a small group of things what you what makes you happy. And there's, from that, the reasons why. Why do you just spend time with your daughter? So like the fact that it, it's it's pride, it's it's happiness that comes from it, etc. There's these different reasons, and you just go, well, they're the things you need to focus on. What else in life can give you them as well? So what else can give you pride? What else can give you love? So when you go out for a romantic meal with your with your fiance, and then she's you sit there and you go, oh, I love you, and she goes, I love you too, and you go, well, this is nice. This it's the love, it's the affection, whatever it may be. Not everyone's like that. So you break it down. To yeah. It's like, what what emotions do these things make you feel? And that, that's what happens, you go through it on therapy. These are the things I like doing. Why do you like watching football? Oh, well, I like the emotional investment of having something, and I like the ups and downs. It's not always great, it's not always great, bad, but it's, it's, it's almost like the waves of it. Going to a football match, it's sat there, 50,000 people sat around you, all chanting at once, and it's psychologically proven that crowd chanting emotionally boosts you. And then like, everything for me, for example, you go through all it, and there's all the reasons why. And obviously your reasons might be different to mine, uh, or the things that may happen might be different. But at its simplest core, we all do things for certain reasons, whether it's the, the affection, the, the joy, the pride, all these positive words. It's just, it's not to simplify everyone's psychological behaviours and, and reasons, <laughs> but it does really, I'm not saying I'm bloody, what's the Freud or whatever, I'm, I'm no psychologist, do you know what I mean? But having gone through that process of, seeing a therapist, going through that, CBT, blah, blah, blah. When you get a really big understanding of that, and I mean, I struggled with that stuff for like seven, eight years, to suddenly get to that point where you go, oh, all right. And what I will just disclaim it here, not saying therapies for everyone, I just want to say that now, but for me, it was one of those days I, I, I fought, 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 and then wanted to go, and wanted to go, and just went, and I was like, oh, wow. It was, it was like, like when Lily was born, the day after, I was like, whoa, all this stuff's changed my life. It was the same kind of feeling. I was like, I just felt liberated. I was like, why do you need to focus on really simplistic things? Because as I said before, everyone has this story they write for themselves, a narrative that things don't go right for me, blah, 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 things go blah, blah. There's all these different things that come up and, and make you feel a certain way. When if you just look at they were really core important things to you. Yeah. So we took, we go, to go back to what we talked about before, it kind of link is that I'm not a maternity person. Whereas there might have been times when I had good money and just bought something for the sake of it that was yeah. materialistic. And I realised that wasn't fulfilling any happiness. That was almost people pleasing. And this is really deep now, but it's the whole thing of going, I buy this for, for I don't know, 
Fuck with social status. Yeah, social status. It's like, why, why do we do certain things? Blah, blah, blah. And it goes, well, actually, just bring that back to a really simplistic level. I could spend that money on a day out for me, my fiance, and my daughter. We could, you could go into like social media influences on this. I was going to say, when actually, when we break it down into what, what part are you on? Do you need to work out what happiness is to you, even if you think you might know what it is? Are you unfortunate enough to be at this point where you need to stop and happiness? and then go to working out what happiness is. But then also, and this is this next bit that I think that people miss, is that how do I continue to tell myself that that is my happiness and therefore execute against that to continue to be happy? Mm-hmm. So it's all amazing to work out, and I think that's brilliant to go, what, what makes me happy? Spend time with my daughter, yeah, but why? And then breaking that down and then going, but what else gives me that emotion? Yeah. And, and going into that. And then for me then, the, the next, most important part is going, how do I continually execute mm-hmm. against that in order to continue to be happy? That's the hardest part. And that bit that you just mentioned there, whether we do things for social status, etc., is becoming harder and harder. So that middle layer of going, what is my happiness? I think a lot of people, that's why I said it earlier, a lot of people think that they know what their happiness is because they scroll through it every night. Yeah. And they go, oh god, look at that person's life. And I think people are starting to clock onto it now. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a fake reality, effectively. Mm. And this celebritism and all, whatever you want to call it, of going, that's the life I need to aspire to, this millennial generation thing. And how much of that is tied to social media and what we see, and therefore aspiring to be something that you're almost indoctrinated to think will give you happiness, when actually nobody has stopped to go, I don't actually care about that. Yeah, it's social media is the big one. Um, I'm a few years younger than you, so I think that had more of an influence on yes, my generation. <laughs> you old old man. Um, no, but I am, and I think even though it's not a huge huge difference between our ages, I think that gap. I see more in my generation than I think you have with yours. We've talked about this thing a couple of times before. Is that? Um, I'm not massively affected by social media, I don't think I ever have, but I've not been a post every day kind of person, but I see people who I went to school with, and, and they, so there are people there who post every single day when you see them on the holidays, and the fancy restaurants, and the fancy bars. Um, and I've seen all that, and I've seen my mates go, oh, we should do stuff like that. And I'm like, well, do you want to do stuff like that, or is that because you see other people doing it, and you just want to do it because other people are doing it? Now, if you, if, if you want to do that, great, crack on me. That's the way I see it. It's like if you, if you generally want to do that, great, but never do anything. Never do anything just because you've seen someone else do it. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, we need to do that. And I don't think they consciously think, well, no. I've seen that person do it, so therefore I'm going to do it. No, that's what I, I think. I think it's the subliminal messaging, like that indoctrination of, like you say, you don't post on social media that much, but it's not necessarily about that. It's about how much you view okay. it yeah, and yeah. content and not like constantly. It's just in our lives, constantly. We can't stop now. Like I was going to the lift the other day, I put my phone out and flick through my phone because I can't wait three seconds for a lift. Um, but yeah, that, that then all ties into that like subconscious feeling of, I think this is what is going to give me happiness, but the people don't yeah. stop for it. I think, again, not clear I'm a psychologist, but my opinion on this would be is that the reason there's been an increase in such mental health problems comes down to that is that it, it gets to a point where the, the, only, time, the only time you look, the only time you ever look at all that to go, the moment where you go, right, what makes me happy, why, blah, 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 is when it's that bad, you have to 
Yeah, because these days people don't take the time to. It's always like you say, yeah. that, that lift moment. What was if that three seconds you suddenly had that thought go? No, I'll do this weekend. What, 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 what do I want to do? Rather than going, oh, I've seen this advert or I've seen this person post. We'll do that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's ever been a your own conscious thought or subconscious thought from what you've experienced. It's a, a triggered thought from seeing something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, as opposed to going, right, sit down there and lift and go, right, okay, what do I do? I'm not playing my Xbox in a while. I'll, I'll buy a game for the Xbox this weekend. Instead, you might see someone and go, oh, I've just seen that person's at that bar. We should go to that bar. Do you know what I mean? That the difference there is the thought you'll generate yourself is very different to one that's triggered by someone else. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that has an even bigger impact on the younger generation because think what you like as a kid, you want to please everybody, you want to be in the group, you don't want to get bullied, like all these things exist. Yes. And you tie social media into that, it just becomes an absolute minefield because then, then you're pleasing on a completely different level. Well, you reach us further. You, and then there's that. But also the, the, the downbeating of you is further. So if you're not that kid that's fitting in properly, it's not just the five kids who are in the clique like it was me and you when mm-hmm. we're in school, of like, oh, I'm not as cool as them. It's, there's the world who is cooler than me. Yeah. Which could be damaging. Well, yeah, it comes down to then the, you chase the affirmation is that yeah, that's, yeah, that's, is that right which, which as you get older I feel drift off yeah. slightly because you eventually go I don't care what people yeah. think <laughs> everyone always says that when you speak to your grandma your granddad they always go ah oh, the best part of being old is you just feel liberated because you don't care anymore just be you Sam has just come and now ruined our entire and our words gone by yeah <laughs> we're still sad like some movement definitely over I don't now. think we can pretend that this is all one Continuous no. video, but we've had a good chat. Yeah, it's been a good chat. I think, I think it's nice for us to have this conversation on camera as well. Yeah, because we aimed to talk about something and ended up talking about something completely different, yeah. which is very much what we do all the time. Yeah, all day. Um, but I think it's uh, it, you know we're not trying to inflate their own egos, but it's it, we mentioned it before about we, we care about it, like the things we talk about, yeah. and it just so happens to be that we're lucky enough to be in an industry where we just get to talk to people. That's basically our job, is yeah. talk to people all day long. And about their lives. And about their lives, about their happiness, about their skill set, which is, data, which is really cool. Um, so we're kind of winning on that on that mm. front, which is great for us, isn't yeah. it? Um, and if people see a little into us and understand us as, oh, they're just human beings <laughs> like the rest of everybody yeah. else, uh, then, then that's great. But we will keep pushing these kind of things um, we want to do more videos, obviously. We've got the YouTube channel set up. Podcast now. Podcast has had Famous. like five yeah. listens. Um, but it's it's all going and, and the aim is to just get people to understand us so that they can get in touch with us so that we can understand them, yeah. ultimately. Because the more we do this, the re- I think the reason we can talk so much about this is because our job literally involves us asking these kinds of questions to people. Like, you know, why do you want to move job, for example? Like, What makes you happy? What, would, what, what, what does good look like to you? Yeah, and if you say, what, why do you want to move jobs? I want to earn more money. Like, that's not yet quite enough to understand that, is it? And well, so when, when you go into that, that's where it gets really interesting. Um, and by understanding that, we can help people a lot more. Yeah. Um, which is great. 